Okay. Well, just as like to start off, um, I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who has come back um, for the second week. And if this is your first episode, welcome. Um, I encourage you to go back and listen to the first episode just because it gives you kind of like a background about like kind of what my intentions are for um, the podcast and everything like that. Um, And I also wanted to say thank you um, to anyone who reached out and gave me feedback. Um, It was awesome to just get to hear like kind of how things um, were going and also like who agree with me and maybe who didn't. I actually really, really only had um, negative feedback from my mom, um, believe it or not. And she was like, oh my God, you need to get to the point. Like people aren't going to stick around to listen to the whole thing. So um, I will do better about about getting to the point. So um, yeah, without further ado... So this episode, um, it might be a little bit shorter. I'm not really sure yet. It depends on how long it takes me to get through like everything that I want to talk about. But I just want to use it to kind of like set up like the next couple weeks that I'm going to be doing like in this series Um, because I think it'll make more sense. I've already filmed or recorded a couple interviews with different guests. And so I think that this will just provide like some context to kind of like what I'm getting at like in those interviews. So to start it off, I think it's time for like a little bit of a story time. So when I was in kindergarten, um, there was a day and we had a substitute teacher. And in class, we were asked to do like those little paper bag puppets and to draw on them like what we wanted to be when we grow up. Um, And so like whatever... Whatever that meant to you, you would then draw that on your little bag. So some people like drew a teacher with like an apple on her desk or whatever, or a vet with a dog, like it, whatever. So I don't even know how old you're in kindergarten, like six, something like that, whatever. I, let's just say like my goals were very attainable and I was obsessed. I lived in Marietta, Ohio. I don't even know if this ice cream place is still there, but there's this place called Brewster's. And I, my, my career choice that I wanted to be, I wanted to be an ice cream scooper at Brewster's. Like that was what my big dream was. Um, and so that's what I put on my bag. Um, and I like definitely took the time to draw out my person. Like I would not like half-ass like an assignment like that. Like, so, which is important for my next point. So anyway, we had the substitute. I was super proud of my little drawing and that was it. So then my teacher comes back the following day and she gets up in front of the class. And like you can tell like this is a core memory for me because of how vividly I remember this experience. So she gets up in front of the class and she's like, listen, I'm really disappointed with how you guys handled like this assignment with the substitute like it didn't really seem like you took the assignment um to heart and she's like I would really hope that some of you had like a greater plan than just say becoming an ice cream scooper and of course like no one knew that that was mine necessarily but my face got beat red I was like oh my god like she just called me out like in front of the whole class and then like I don't know. Obviously, at the time, like, I didn't think about what she said. It was more of just me thinking, like, I was mortified that she, like, embarrassed me in front of all my classmates. And embarrassment's, like, a big thing for me. Like, I hate being embarrassed 
oh my god like I get secondhand embarrassment horrible so this experience was just awful for me and then but like kind of reflecting on that back now and then like when I was thinking about this podcast like that that memory like was brought back to me and to be like truthfully honest I don't really understand like and I still don't because I don't know this teacher anymore I don't really know what the intention was like was she trying to tell me that what I was choosing like wasn't ambitious enough was she trying to tell me that that's like not a career was she trying to tell me you know that I didn't take the assignment like seriously like I wasn't really sure like what that meant and that kind of got me to thinking like you're asked what do you want to be when you grow up or like what are you going to do with your life like constantly like from the moment that you enter the education system And even before that, like with your parents, like until literally until the end of time, you're asked, like, what are you doing with your job? Like, what are you planning on doing? And so I don't really think like the pressure of that question really goes away. Like whether you're in kindergarten or whether you're in college or otherwise, it's just like as you get older, you you become more aware of like other people's reactions to your answer. So you can sense people's judgment or like their scrutiny or maybe their happiness for you or their joy for you like either way like someone you know whoever's asking the question always has like some type of response and I think that as you get older you just have like more of a self-awareness of kind of what's going on around you and you know whether or not like maybe you have some bias like as to whether you take that information moving forward or whether you take it with a grain of salt like that kind of just depends on the person um but regardless I think at whatever age you are I think people get really nervous to answer this question I know for me like I get nervous because it's not that I don't know the answer it's just that I don't know how to communicate all the pieces of my answer because you know I think sometimes not knowing like when you say I don't know what I want to do with my career, it can come off as like almost apathy, like I don't care what I want to do with my career, when in, in reality, it's just like I can see my life like going down so di- so many different roads that it's difficult for me to like be confident in any one decision. So that's that's my hang up. But when it all boils down to it, I think that people just get nervous because they're worried that the other person like won't respect you for whatever your choice is or you know maybe you changed your mind and then you're nervous that they'll judge you for that or maybe you're doing something unexpected I mean it doesn't really matter like it all boils down to you're just worried about what someone else might think and just as an aside I mean obviously like that's kind of bogus because if if they're a good person like it shouldn't matter but whatever like I know more than anyone like it doesn't matter like how good of a person <laughs> you're talking to like you can still be worried about someone judging you like you know going back to my issues with embarrassment it's kind of a <laughs> reoccurring theme here um but I think that it's it's pretty absurd like when we think about our career and we're talking about like you know some people wake up in the morning, you know, as a kid, and they're like, I'm going to be a veterinarian, like, that's my goal. And then their entire life, like all through grade school, all through middle school, all through high school, all through college, 
that is what they want to do. And then they end up doing that job for the rest of their lives. And like, they've always had this calling. Um, And then some people like they say they want to do one thing. And then come high school, they switch or come college, they switch or whatever. And I just think that it's, it's pretty ridiculous that there's like, this expectation placed on young people at such a young age. And I'm saying such a young age as in like 18, like not six. Um, to be able to determine like what your career should be. Because like, I think that the best way I can compare like my feelings for this is like, let's think about this like in terms of like a romantic relationship. Like literally no one out there, anybody is being is like, yes, if you're not married and have children by 18, then, you know, you're you're behind. And, you know, no one I wouldn't say no one. Let me (laughs) reword that. Many, many, many people, almost everyone struggles with like finding their soulmate. Like, uh, I mean, not struggles is the right word, but like they don't, it's on a timeline. Okay. Like no one, everyone who says is like, they're trying to find their partner or whatever. They're like, okay, like, don't worry. Like your personal come, like whatever, you know, whatever bullshit you want to say. Like it's, it's not an expectation that like, oh, if at this point, like you haven't found someone, then, then you're behind. And in school, it's like, okay, you have to kind of determine your major, which is ultimately going to determine your career when you when you enter college or when you enter trade school or when you enter the workforce. Like, it's kind of like all building up to that point. And the thing is, is like, so one, people don't expect you to find your soulmate at 18. I've already like kind of talked about that. So why would you expect someone to find their equivalent of a soulmate to their career at 18. But more importantly, a lot of people get divorced, okay? Like like 50%. I mean, it might be more than that now. I'm not 100% sure, but I know a lot of people get divorced. And so there isn't like really the option to divorce their job. And I know that this sounds, sounds kind of funny, but like, let's just think about this. So when you go to college, you major in whatever you're going to major in. And then you graduate and you hopefully will obtain a job within your major. And then you end up gaining experience in that job. And then you're able to be more competitive for other jobs because of that experience. And when you're so far down the line, like whether it's you have so much experience or you have such specialized education, like you really can't go back on that I mean, you can, but it's really, really hard because then you have to go back and get a different kind of specialized education or a different kind of experience. And it takes a lot of time. And you can say that you have all the time in the world, but in reality, like time moves very, very quickly. And uh, that makes me sad right now. I don't want time to move fast. I want it to, I want it to slow down. So it's, it's just hard to like visualize that like me thinking like at the age of like 40 or 45 that I would want to do like a career change would actually make me want to die because you've worked up in that point you've been in the workforce for like almost 15 years or maybe more than that I mean it depends on when you enter but that's 15 years of experience that you'd have to make up in other ways and I'm not saying that like your previous experience would necessarily apply to this other career choice that you wanted but our jobs have become so specialized and so niche that it's like really difficult to break out of it 
And so that's the truth. You can't divorce your job. And I kind of feel like that's that's absurd because people get divorced in romantic relationships. Like people have a time span on all kinds of relationships, relationships with friends, romantics, even their parents. Like it's everything is like some things run their course. So if you if something runs their like your relationship with your job can also run its course. And so I just wish that our in the United States, like our workforce, I don't even know if that's work system, like I don't know really like the technical term for it, allowed for flexibility for career divorce and remarriage. But there's not. And to be honest, like I don't know how to fix this. Like I don't even know if this is a fixable problem. Like I don't it's such a big problem that I, I, I'm certain that if there was a clear-cut answer to being able to have the freedom to do different jobs without having, like, experience like other people do, like, that someone else smarter than me would have figured it out, and it wouldn't be so hard. But that hasn't happened. So I think I, at least in the next couple episodes, am going to try to take like the very small, very minuscule first step into kind of identifying not only like what this bigger problem is, but also trying to identify like the small parts to the whole. And rather than like, I mean, I'm going to obviously like when I'm talking to these people, try to see if I can dig out some strategies to, to make this better. But more importantly, I think it's just it's good to call it out, like to just call out problems where we see them rather than just kind of like passively going through life, like working in a workforce when there are problems, because that bothers me more than anything. Like when people tell me like that's just the way it is and if it's not going to change because like that mentality is why it doesn't change. And so I'm just hoping that I can do like my small part in making it better in a way that I can contribute. So the first kind of topic, well, so yeah, I'm going to be doing a few interviews like over the next couple weeks with a few like different experts like on the topic that I'm trying to gain some insight on. And so the first one that I'm going to be talking about is education, which is such a huge topic and also like just how our educational experiences like from, you know, or elementary school up until college kind of shape our direction and kind of what like an example of this is like I went to a college prep school um and we did not have like one class on trades we never talked about trade school um at all like it wasn't spoken about at all as an option at all um and that undoubtedly like influenced not only like the direction that I went, but I'm sure the direction of many other people who I graduated with. And then also like not only like my actual direction to go to college, but I think it also influenced our our group as a whole's like perception on trades and like what it means to go into a career in trades. So that's just an example of like one of the things that I want to talk about. But I think it's also important to kind of recognize the influence that like teachers and professors have on students And, like, how those teachers kind of, like, talk about different careers and then in turn, like, career exposures. Like, obviously, 
in certain areas, like I'm from rural West Virginia, the type of career exposures that people in my area are going to be way different than that of like Manhattan. Um, And I kind of want to talk about that, like just because there's obviously going to be like a, a slew like of different opportunities in different areas. And I think that it's important that we talk about that because I want to spark discussion like about access to education and also like the little things that like we can do in our everyday lives to kind of aid expansion um, and access to education, which I think is really important because I, I don't want I have been very like fortunate in my educational career to have never felt like pigeonholed not only by like my abilities but also financially and I don't know that there's as much attention being called um, to how that like influences kids like later on in life and coming from an area like rural West Virginia I think that that's that's really important to talk about like even if it's not something that has directly affected me like I want to be a part of making a positive change. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like the first big topic um, that we're going to talk about. And this is kind of like switching gears. The second um, interview that I've already recorded, um, I'm going to be talking to a senior marketing director for a multi-million dollar company. Um, And this whole episode is really like just addressing like the fake it till you make it attitude. And honest to God, like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I've been told that. Like, fake it till you make it. Like, just if you don't know what you're doing or if you don't, if you're confused or if, you, if you're if you unsure of yourself, like, just fake it till you make it. And I feel like this is especially true, like, in interviews. Like, whether it's, whether you're interviewing for a grad school or for a job and you, necess- you like, might have gaps in your application or maybe you're not super qualified, they're just like, oh, yeah, like, fake it till you make it or just be confident. And I can go on about confidence, like, for years. Like, I just I just feel like confidence is a facade. Like, everyone has, has self-doubt. And everyone has reservations, like, about decisions that they are made, even if they are good ones. So when I, I feel like when people project, like, outward confidence, not not just outward confidence, but like this overconfidence and this like assertive confidence. It's to me like it comes off forced. Like it's it comes off fake because that's just not true. Like, but the the reality of it is like that forced confidence, that assertiveness is valued in the workforce. It's valued by by a team. And so I just kind of want like I'll be grappling with that with her, like trying to like get to the bottom of it. And I mean, I just have very strong opinions and I just, we, I mean, we go at it a little bit just because the truth of the matter is like, that's, you know, that's the way, that's the way it is. But I want to know why, like, why does it have to be like that? Like, why isn't, why isn't self-awareness that, you know, you, you do have self-doubt and that's okay, not valued as much as forced confidence? That's my question. 
And just the cherry on top, since um, the guest that I'm having is an expert in social branding, um, I'm also going to be getting her take on personal branding and also just like influencer culture and how the media like influences your daily life and kind of like strategies that you can use to kind of like call the media out on its bullshit um, and kind of know like when you need to do like a little bit of a deeper dive, which I think is super valuable to anyone just because like I think I don't know what to call it because if if I was talking about science, I would like talk talk say this is like scientific literacy. So maybe I'll call it like mm, like social literacy. Um, if that like is an actual thing, I would like to like copyright it right now. I'm speaking it into existence and that is me. Once this is published, that is my word and I will be taking it. So no one um, tell anyone about that. But yes, so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what do I call it? Social literacy um, and kind of how to how to read things in like a way that you know the purpose be- behind um, like the marketing team and like what they're trying to get you to do. And you know, being able to identify that and determine yourself, like, whether that's the right decision for you. And also, I haven't actually set this one up yet. So the third, like, and final episode that's going to be in this series, um, which I haven't set up yet, I'm trying to find someone who will actually do it. I'm trying to chat with either, like, a psychologist or a counselor or a therapist um, about, how social media like affects how you view yourself and your identity and also like I'm sure I mean I hypothesize that whenever I do have those conversations that there's going to be like both positive and negative aspects to that um so I'm going to be really interested in strategies to be able to both like combat the negative but also um to like really lean into the positive and just like as an aside, like I it, when I use like all of these, when I say use them, whenever I interview all these people, I will be like linking any th- any source notes that they have or like their credentials because I know like I can't stand like when people in the media like don't cite their sources. I know that sounds like a freaking like research paper, but no, I mean, I just think it's important because if you ever want further reading and you want to know that like the information is legit, like I will provide that. Um, But yeah, so I just think that that sets it up really nicely for like what we're going to do in the next couple weeks because really it all like circles back to this like big question of like what do you want to be when you're when you grow up and kind of all the things that feed into that both as a child and then like how it changes as you get older and finding purpose and how that all affects like your sense of self and your identity and it's it's all like interwoven together. Um, so yeah, I mean, let me see what I'm looking at on time. Yeah, I mean, we're a little bit shorter than last time, but I think that we got a lot packed in there. Um, and I hope that kind of like my Cliff Notes version of what these interviews will be about will definitely entice you to come back next time. Um, also, if you can, like, please leave a review on Spotify. Um, because so far, like, I've had a lot of people listen, but I, I have a feeling it's mostly people who know me personally or um, have like gotten access like through my Instagram, which is awesome. Um, But I definitely want more people to be able to find the podcast. And that's how like it all comes back to the reviews. So the higher 
the higher review that I have and the higher number of reviews that I have, then more people can find me. So if you could just do me a solid and give me a solid review, that would be great. Um, as always, if you have any feedback for me, um, please don't be afraid to reach out. Or if anyone has like really strong feelings, they want to be on the podcast. That's cool, too. Please reach out to me. Um, and I can definitely set something up. I'm always down to like hear other people's opinions and kind of share their experiences because I know that like my experience isn't universal, even though it may be relatable. All right. Well, that's all I got. Thanks.